0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. She said a, a gentleman in uh, a white coat that appeared to be a doctor, but she didn't believe he actually was a doctor, um, walked over to her and he administered some more medication. And the next thing she remembered after that was waking up in that small closet size room.
1: A former wrestler with the embattled WWE apparently left behind a sworn affidavit prior to her death in which she said she was raped, WWE covered it up, And that she was punished by Vince McMahon after she turned down his sexual advances. We're breaking down her allegations and whether they could still be used against company titans like Vince McMahon with sex crimes prosecutor Ann Bremner and wrestling expert Tom Campbell from Cultaholic Wrestling. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Long Crime, Jesse Weber. Right now, World Wrestling Entertainment is under an intense amount of scrutiny. The company's founder, Vince McMahon, resigned after a lawsuit from a former employee, Janelle Grant, accused him of rape and sex trafficking. And with that, a new conversation has started about deceased WWE wrestler Ashley Massaro. Now, in 2016... Massaro joined a class-action lawsuit against the WWE, alleging the company concealed the risks of injuries from concussions and other head injuries that cause all these kinds of neurological damage. But she also had alleged in that paperwork that she was sexually assaulted by a man posing as a doctor on a WWE tour at a military base in Kuwait. Now, she wrote that she was given an IV at this military tent that was supposed to be for dehydration— but a man told her that he was, who said he was a doctor allegedly injected a drug into the IV line that kept Massaro from moving or screaming. She has called this a living nightmare. Now, she claims that the WWE apologized but told her not to report the assault because it allegedly might have had a detrimental effect with WWE's relationship with the United States military. Now, in fact... Massaro's best friend, Cara Pipia, told Ashley Banfield on News Nation that both Vince McMahon and Stephanie McMahon, his daughter, were in the meeting where they told Massaro to keep things under wraps.
0: She spent about eight hours with her head on my lap, in tears, telling me what happened to her in Kuwait and um, just letting it all out.
1: And now, in a previously unpublished statement from prior to her death, Obtained by Vice News, Massaro claimed that Vince McMahon preyed on female wrestlers, even making out with them. And when she allegedly denied his sexual advances advances towards her, she claimed she was punished. Namely, that he wrote Vince McMahon WW storylines that would demean her. In the end, the sworn affidavit was left out of that lawsuit because the focus of the suit was on head injuries and the lawsuit was ultimately dismissed. The appeals were denied. As for Ashley Massaro, she tragically died in New York in May of 2019. She reportedly didn't show up for work, was found unresponsive at her home. And while the uh, medical examiner's office didn't release an official cause of death, it has been long reported as a suicide. To talk more about this, let me bring on right now trial attorney and former sex crimes prosecutor Ann Bremner. And also wrestling expert Tom Campbell, who is a presenter for Cultaholic Wrestling. Great to have you both here. Tom, let me start with you what do we know about Ashley Massaro, who she was, her character, and uh, her role in the WWE?
2: Well, she was born and raised in New York. She was a former model. She earned a WWE contract through a reality show type game show called the wwe diva search designed to find new female talent she uh, wanted she won, won two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and a one-year contract with wwe she would end up staying longer than that year uh, like most wwe stars her character was an extension of herself very much uh, a, a rocker at heart and it came through in what she did um she was a, she was a wwe star though at a time when wrestling was presented very differently uh if you were a female performer matches more designed around appeasing the male audience as opposed to putting on competitive matches that the men were so we never truly got to see what ashley would be capable of uh during her time with the company from 2005 2008 as you say she was a uh, there were certain storylines that felt like they were designed to, to bring her down and numerous accounts of those uh, over the years until 2008 when Uh, She asked for her release from the company. Her daughter got sick and she needed the time to go home and and, and be with her. And it was around 2019, just before her very untimely passing, that there was talk of her making a comeback into wrestling. Not only was she keen to get back into the wrestling world, but she was also keen to talk more about what uh, had allegedly occurred on the the tour in Kuwait as well. Okay, so Ann, let me let me ask you the big picture
1: here, right? So we now know there are these kind of – this new development from the Ashley Massaro mm-hmm. statement, but we're also learning – or it's brought back into the spotlight, her allegations that were part of this lawsuit mm-hmm. that was filed. Sitting here today, what do you think is the big legal impact of this moving forward?
0: Well, it's interesting, and thank by the way, thanks for having me on, Anne, and especially with the renowned – Uh, Wrestling experts, something I really don't know that much about, but I do (laughs) know about the law, not the wrestling. But I I think it it, it remains to be seen because the fact is you're dealing with something that was part of another case, as I understand it, but it was a different case. And so then the question is now, you know, for what use, for what could it be used and and what's the impact? Obviously, there's an avalanche of allegations, you know, and going far back with a lot of money that's been expended to settle a lot of cases, but. This will be interesting in terms of where it leads and the admissibility of the statement. Well,
1: talking about and the statement made that that hasn't been published that was part of this lawsuit. This idea that Ashley Massaro says that um, Vince McMahon would, um, mm-hmm. you know, target other women, make out with them. That he she denied his own sexual advances and was punished as a result. Given these mm-hmm. bad storylines and demeaned her, it was right. eerily reminiscent of what we heard. In the Janelle Grant lawsuit, radically different. Janelle Grant, I mean, really alleged some heinous and disgusting mm-hmm. things. Um, that that we we did a whole sh- a few shows on it. Um, and, mm-hmm. and to be clear, Ashley Massaro is not alleging the same thing, but but the the commentary is very similar. And I wonder, could representatives of her estate somehow join that lawsuit, that Janelle Grant lawsuit?
0: Yes, I mean, the answer is yes. I mean, you can always join a lawsuit. With the question is whether, as you know, Jesse, it survives, you know, summary judgment or any kind of legal attack. You know, one of the things on, in terms of a, a claim suicide, I mean, I want to talk about that in a minute, but, you know, in terms of damages in her estate, it gets a little bit complicated. But the fact that there's a pattern in a way, and, and we've just learned this information, sure, her estate could go ahead and join uh, in the litigation.
1: My understanding, the reason her name is coming up again right now after the Vince McMahon allegations, walk us through what we knew before today about her claims about being uh, sexually assaulted and bringing that to the management of the WWE, and then we'll get into this statement about uh, Vince McMahon and what he allegedly did to her.
2: So these claims came out during uh, a famous class action lawsuit uh, that was brought to the WWE featuring 50 former wrestlers uh, about the lack of knowledge of head injury in wrestling. And it was in this case that we would hear these allegations from uh, Ashley Massaro. This story would come out in an affidavit. Ashley Mazzaro claimed, whilst on a WWE tour in the Middle East, she was taken sick and she was seen by what she believed to be a, a U.S. Army doctor. She was given an, an IV that she didn't know the contents of. She was taken into uh, a, a section away from uh, other people in the hospital, and it's there that it is claimed that she was assaulted by this person she claimed to be a U.S. Army doctor, uh, the drug that she had paralyzing her body and leaving her unable to, to retaliate or fend her off in any way her attacker. Uh, this, uh, the the heart, more heartbreaking to this was that, according to these allegations, there was a female officer that was outside the room like, keeping lookout. It, wasn't, it was only when WWE agent Gary Hart turned up that the uh, assault uh, that allegedly took place stopped. From there, Gary Hart drove Ashley Masaro back to her hotel room uh, where she was left until she was in uh, a state to continue the tour. She only told a few people what actually went on. She confided in uh, a, a colleague, in Maria Canellis. Uh, she told Gary Hart about it and a few others, but, but wanted to keep it to herself. It came to the end of the tour and her, her airline ticket had mysteriously disappeared. So she was in a situation where she couldn't leave the country and WWE agents who were on the, the tour couldn't get hold of WWE management back in the States to sort her out a new ticket. So they left without her, which when you consider what has been reported to have happened is Absolutely, without reprehension, have left her there. Now, Ashley Massaro does say in this affidavit that she has a friend who is a travel agent who was able uh, to get her connected with somebody uh, from the airline working in the airport she was at. And she was able to arrange her own travel back to the States. When she got back to the States, uh, she spoke to WWE's physician who convinced her to talk to higher-ups about what happened. Uh, She was even, as we've discovered recently, consoled by Vince Vince McMahon's daughter, uh, then a higher up in the WWE, Stephanie McMahon, and was convinced to speak to Vince McMahon, John Laurinaitis, and the WWE board about what took place. And when she did, she she, she recounted what she claimed happened to her on the tour. Uh, Vince McMahon... Alleged to have apologised for what happened, said she will no longer go on any tours of the Middle East. Says that going forward, uh, all female performers will have a will will have somebody to to travel with. Will have a twenty four seven a female escort to be with. However, and this is the bit that has uh, really got conversations going. It's initially in the report. It is said that she. In, in the initial affidavit, it said that she is asked not to talk about it. Uh, reports have since said that she allegedly was threatened to not talk about it. The line from the affidavit uh, that came from the lawsuit from twenty from from several years back, uh, Ashley Masaro was was told by Vince McMahon not to let one bad experience ruin the good work they are doing with the U.S. military. There was concern by Vince McMahon that there would be a blowback should that should this go any further so he said don't say anything because we have a good relationship with them and as we know nothing was said
1: well here's the part that i thought is so interesting at the time of this 2017 affidavit the wwe wwe had released a statement Saying at no time was Vince McMahon or the management of WWE ever informed by Ashley Massaro or anybody else that she'd been sexually assaulted, drugged, raped, or sodomized by a military doctor with a nurse standing guard while on a goodwill tour in two thousand seven to US military bases in Kuwait. In fact, if she ever articulated such a claim to WWE, we would have reported it immediately to the base commander. That is not true, according to Masaro, and also according if I'm reading correctly, John Laurenitis' camp. So he, John Laurenitis, is being sued by Janelle Grant, uh, and he has said that, in, from his lawyers, have said that, that, no, wait a minute, WWE upper management knew about this, right?
2: Yeah, so this is, this is what's come out in the last few weeks uh, as a result of the Janelle Grant allegations. John Laurinaitis, who is named in the Janelle Grant case as a defendant, is claiming that he was also a victim of Vince McMahon, Uh, And and he has said in in a recent statement that upper management did know what took place at that military base. And this completely flies in the face uh, of a statement that WWE put out in 2019 in which they say they were completely unaware of what had transpired in Kuwait. Um, A massive contradiction completely uh, at a a really critical time in this Janelle Grant case that that could uh, add some leverage to what we're hearing, the latest statements from the Ashley Mazzaro case.
1: And let me turn it to you. What do you think about these allegations that uh, came, you know, years ago that Ashley Mazzaro comes forward? She tells the WWE management that she had been sexually assaulted while on this tour and that they Mm -hmm. basically told her to remain quiet and that Stephanie McMahon, one of the higher ups there, had also done this you know there was an allegation from her friend Massaro's friend that right. Stephanie McMahon first made her comfortable and then once she's in this room uh Massaro basically uh is told to be quiet and cover this up I mean you've dealt with these kinds of cases before these kinds right. of allegations and as I mentioned mm-hmm. with Tom it, it's a situation where the WWE first came out in 2017 and said Massaro never told upper management that looks like that's not true what's your take on it
0: well, I, I, it's just huge in terms of liability and the fact that they're trying to cover it up. I mean, when I look at all of the money that went out in these settlements, it reminded me of Michael Jackson when he kept settling cases back to 1993. I think one was $26 million with Jordy Chandler, and it was when he ran out of money that he actually had a criminal case. So I also wonder about criminal implications in case like this because it's just so longstanding, and the cover-ups are clear, and the fact is they want things to remain quiet because, then your expert will say, The money in the wrestling, I had no idea how much money there was in all of this. I mean, it's a cash cow.
1: Talking lawsuits like this, let me just take a minute to thank Attorney Tom and Associates for sponsoring this episode of Sidebar, because the truth is, in an unpredictable world, stuff happens. You can get injured. And if that happens, the last thing you want to be thinking about is rushing around trying to get a lawyer. No, that is where Attorney Tom comes in, because whether you were injured in a car wreck refinery explosion, maybe the victim of securities fraud, maybe you received a notification that your information was included in a data breach, maybe you got sick as a result of a bad drug or a toxic exposure, and there are many other situations, attorney Tom can jump in and help. Not only does Tom and his team have the legal skills in these tough cases, and they have an impressive track record to say the least, but you know what makes them really special? They care. They have genuine empathy for their clients, and having somebody that you can trust That's invaluable. And by the way, you won't pay a dime until you win, which just further shows their commitment to your success. And if your case is not the best fit for Attorney Tom and his team, don't worry because they still may be able to recommend you a lawyer using their national network of attorneys. But with Attorney Tom and his team, you're not just hiring a lawyer. You are gaining a powerful ally who is committed to justice and your well-being. So if you've suffered an injury and you need legal support, Click the attorney com slash sidebar link pinned in the comments for a free consultation or dial 855 Tom wins. So this newly released statement uh that was obtained by Vice, um, it was never published, it wasn't made part of the lawsuit. You before we even get started, you haven't seen this before until it broke in the past past couple of weeks, right? About these allegations. Yeah, the first
2: time that we'd seen this was was when it broke by vice, yeah. So
1: so in other words, this allegations again from Massaro about Vince McMahon, that he had been preying on women, making out with them, that he tried to proposition her and that
2: he punished her as a result, right? This is all new to us. This is all new to us, what we're hearing here. uh, And the, the statement says that this started happening just after Ashley Mazzaro had posed for Playboy. Uh, previously, Ashley Mazzaro says in this statement, had been unreleased until Vice shared it, was that it was commonplace to see Vince McMahon, uh, to quote the statement, making out with other WWE divas, but he had never shown any interest to her until she posed for Playboy. She talks about one particular incident in which uh, Vince McMahon uh, claims to, it's claimed that, constantly rang her phone, her mobile phone, and her t- hotel room phone overnight to try and get her to come up to his room. Uh, Ashley said she wasn't feeling well eventually and said that he would see her at work tomorrow. And she, she, she says that from there, everything seems to change in this statement. Ashley Bazzara says the following day, Vince McMahon uh, is not only making lewd comments towards her as she walks past but also is now writing her segments for her. And this is quite an interesting development in this story. Now, it's not uncommon for Vince McMahon to write segments in wrestling. I think when you and I spoke uh, previously about the Janelle Grad case, it is common for Vince McMahon to write himself into storylines that sees him uh, as a very dominant figure, uh, as an eager maniacal leader, and as somebody that always finds himself in some sort of Romantic liaison with female talent. So for Vince McMahon to suddenly take such great interest in writing Ashley Mazzaro's segments was an interesting development. And there is, in terms of, like, what it is said is that there's an incident involving Michael Hayes, and Michael Hayes is a senior producer for WWE. And Michael Hayes sees this segment that was written for Ashley Mazzaro initially act shocked as if to go, who wrote this for you? And when it's revealed that it was Vince McMahon, he kind of steps back and goes, "Ah, well, them's the breaks. That's the word from the statement, them's the breaks. Uh, In terms of what these segments would have looked like, there is one that springs to mind in which Vince McMahon is backstage with a cup of coffee and Ashley Mazzaro runs past him. In doing so, she knocks the coffee into him. And what proceeds is a really uncomfortable two-minute segment in which Vince McMahon just verbally runs down Ashley Mazzaro, gets in her face, gaslights her, and eventually tells her that she is suspended indefinitely from the company. And Ashley Mazzaro is crying at this point. He's mocking the fact that she's sobbing on TV. Eventually, he walks away throwing the coffee at her. Now, this was all written for television. This was... Mr. McMahon the character and Ashley Mazzaro the character when you read the statement that, that has been put out and then you see that promo and you see that segment and you know what's allegedly happened between the two it makes for unbelievably uncomfortable viewing more so than it did before I, I haven't seen it personally but your
1: description made me uncomfortable just thinking about it
0: you can host the best backyard barbecue
1: my understanding is TKO, which is now the, the parent company, it owns WWE, um, the spokesperson came out, hasn't provided a comment about these allegations from the Ashley Massaro statement, um, but they did confirm that the man you mentioned, Michael Hayes, still works for the WWE, right?
2: He does. Michael Hayes is still uh, a pivotal part of WWE. He's a senior producer there. In fact, one of the biggest stars in the company currently is the WWE Universal Champion, Roman Reigns. Michael Hayes writes a lot of, if not all of, the segments that feature Roman Reigns. So as very much as Roman Reigns is is an important character on screen, Michael Hayes behind the scenes is the one that is controlling how these segments go down. So not only yes, he is still very much part of WWE, but he's he's a really important cog in that machine. And this 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 statement and these allegations, if they ring true, speaks a lot to the character of Michael Hayes, if they ring true. There have been many WWE stars that have worked with Michael Hayes and spoken very highly of him, but to to with with this scene here. His role in these allegations, almost like they're really damning because it suggests that Michael Hayes knows exactly what is going on, i.e. Vince McMahon is looking to drag somebody's career down because he didn't get his way. And he is implicit in it, which is incredibly damning to potentially the reputation of Michael Hayes.
1: So, Ann, you heard me talk about with Tom about Michael Hayes, Mm -hmm. one of these Mm -hmm. currently—I mean, the TKO, Group Holdings, said that Michael Hayes currently works for the WWE, still there. Again, alleged by Mm -hmm. Massaro as somebody who knew about what had happened to her, told her those are the breaks. Do you think—and I talked about this with Tom on a past episode—do you think TKO Mm -hmm. Group Holdings is going to be in a process to go through the organization to anybody that had a connection to Vince McMahon— and try to uh, remove them from the organization, which I don't know if this is fair because right now these are just mm-hmm. allegations at this point.
0: Well, they're allegations, but there there's a pattern there to back it up. And so I think they just got to go in and clean house. I mean, I, I just can't believe what's been going on for so long. It's just astonishing. And so the fact is that they want to have any transparency, you know, seize the opportunity now to basically clean house, make sure this never happens again, and that, that they have basically. A transparent, and legal, and non-harming entity.
1: What what do you have you made about the way that uh, TKO Group Holdings has been responding in light of this, uh, these developments uh, week after week?
0: Well, you know, I, I'm not a PR expert, but I've sure handled a lot of sex cases, and the fact is is that you've got to basically get in and handle everything, and and you've got to. Basically, mea culpa, apologize, no matter if you were involved before or not. This is, this is your baby now, and you've got to make sure that you come out and say we're going to make sure we make everybody whole. And also, you want to probably do a community service, which is we want to go out and help other victims. We want to make sure this doesn't happen in any other industry because it's so huge, and it's theirs right now. They're the ones holding the bag right now.
1: Has Vince McMahon's side released a statement in the wake of this news of Ashley Massaro?
2: I haven't seen any new statements unless you have. I certainly haven't yeah. seen any in the last 24 hours or so, so that I, may have passed me by.
1: I haven't, um, and I just was curious if you had saw something. And, and before we let this go, there's also another individual named Kevin Dunn. Uh, Kevin Dunn is mentioned in this as well. If you can briefly explain who he is, um, because my understanding is he's one of the people that uh, allegedly knew about some of these allegations.
2: So Kevin Dunn, for over thirty years, was basically head of TV production. He oversaw uh, how episodes of Raw and SmackDown and all WWE's pay-per-views were shot. He is—he's described by everybody that has worked with him as every bit a Vince McMahon guy, somebody that is very much the right-hand man of Vince McMahon, somebody that uh, is—is very much a yes man allegedly for Vince McMahon. So. so it was a surprise to see his name come up because I didn't know how intrinsically involved he was with the Ashton Mazzaro case. But it's also not a surprise because he was so deeply connected with Vince McMahon that even just before Vince McMahon finally stepped away. And, and it led it's led many to believe that there was an indicator that maybe... There was more to come with regards to these allegations because Kevin Dunn, who was set to be a lifetime WWE employee, he would essentially die in his production seat. Left the company before Christmas, uh, and 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 hasn't been and, and and hasn't been in that position since then. So it was interesting that with Vince McMahon finally coming away from WWE, Kevin Dunn followed shortly after. I, I wanted to ask you what you think
1: the effect of this is going to be on the wwe on the janelle grant lawsuit on vince mcmahon how is this going to factor into the overall story moving forward in terms of the company and mcmahon
2: what we're seeing happening ever since the janelle grant lawsuit is more cases come to light like this and it's bringing other cases back to the foreground as well we have spoken more about rita chatterton than we have in many years as a result of the Janelle Grant coming for, case coming forward. As a result of the Janelle Grant case coming forward, we've spoken more about Rita Chatterton. We've spoken more uh, about other instances like this. And whilst they are, and, and I always err on this side, they are still allegations until the, a, a court case is com- completed. Whilst they are all allegations, they all feel eerily similar in context in 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 type in style and when it comes to vince mcmahon a lot of the things that we hear and see in these cases and otherwise seem eerily familiar i did want to bring up another instance that that kind of adds to the ashley massaro case it's a bit out of left field this one but it kind of adds some weight to the idea to the allegations that vince mcmahon would write with bad intention for somebody when he didn't get his way so there was a story um, that took place uh, in 2009. wwe raw was uh, had to be moved from the pepsi center because the denver nuggets had got through to the playoffs it was something that wwe had had that arena booked for over a year and when they got to the playoffs they had to find a new home for WWE Raw that night. And Vince McMahon wrote the opening, sec- the opening segment for Raw that night. And it was a 20 minute tirade, uh, completely aimed at Stan Kroenke, who was the owner of the Denver Nuggets. He was or the man behind that arena, I forget which, but it was a 20 minute tirade that nobody outside of the upper echelons of business Wouldn't have given a damn about, but he made it his point in the first 20 minutes of a wrestling show to call out Stan Kroenke saying he Mm. should be put in jail for being a bad businessman. In the main event of that show, the bad guys wore Denver Nuggets jerseys and the good guys wore Lakers jerseys who they were facing in the playoffs. It seems like a bit of a cute aside, but the reason I bring it up is because it is evidence that Vince McMahon as and when he chooses to will happily scrub 20 minutes of a program, maybe s- entire segments of a program, maybe an entire wrestling run for the sake of airing some of his personal grievances.
1: Mm, that's an interesting insight right there, Tom. Uh, it's yeah. a
2: really, it's a real aside and I don't want it to come across as too, too light and comical, but I think right. it's a really important real life example of when Vincent Mann has gone, I have a, I have an ax to grind. I'm going to use my position, my power position to grind it.
1: Tom Campbell and Bramner. Thank you both so much for coming on. Really appreciate it.
0: Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for having us.
1: All right, everybody. That is all we have for you right now here on sidebar. Thank you so much for joining us as always. Please subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. I'll speak to you next time. Thank you.